Let's touch base on the United Auto Workers strike against the Detroit Three. Now in its fifth week, some 40,000 people have been walking picket lines and tightening their belts in the stand-up strike, as the union refers to it, acting at selected plant locations across GM, Ford, and Stellantis' operations. The latest hotspots are two, one in Macomb County at a plant owned by Stellantis. Here's UAW President Sean Fain outside of that plant this week. It's the only way, you know, at the end of the day, We've, we've sat back, we've tried to do things other ways for 20 years and we went backwards. We've lost 65 big three plants in the last 20 years. Wages have been stagnant. We have all these tiers of workers. We went the wrong way. So, you know, we wanted an agreement. We didn't want to strike. We don't want to be out here right now. We wanted an agreement. We said from day one, opening a bargaining. September 14th's a deadline, not a reference point. They chose to screw around and waste time for six to seven weeks and get serious at the end. So. We're out here because the companies chose to strike themselves. Our fight is everybody's fight. You know, just be, it's not just a UAW thing. It's not just a union fight. It's a non-union. Non-union workers are further behind than we are. Everybody needs their share of economic justice in this country. The billionaire class, the corporate class, have walked away with everything. The workers have been left behind, and it's time to turn that around and turn this country around. Today we're going to talk about where things stand with the strike as the costs mount up for the automakers and workers alike. Michigan Radio's Dustin Dwyer and Steve Carmody both spent time reporting on the strike this week, and they're with us now. Hey, Dustin, can we start out with today's news? There are 5,000 workers at GM's Arlington Assembly Plant who joined the strike effort this morning and walked off their jobs. What, what do we know so far? Yeah, this is another one of those surprise actions, which is the UAW has been doing. If you remember early in the strike, when the when the strike first started, uh, Sean Fain, the UAW president, would come out on you know f- Facebook Live and he would announce, you know, in a few hours we're going to strike these facilities. Um, but for the last three, Ford's Kentucky truck plant, the Stellantis plant in Sterling Heights, and now this Arlington assembly plant, uh, the UAW didn't announce until workers were already on the picket lines that this was their target. So we got another one today, the Arlington plant makes um, the Chevy Tahoe, the Chevy Suburban, Yukon, Cadillac Escalade. As the UAW puts it, It's these are um, some of GM's most profitable vehicles. So this is a significant plant. General Motors released a statement today about being the target of today's expanded strike. What did it say? I can read it. We are disappointed by the escalation of this unnecessary and irresponsible strike. It is harming our team members who are sacrificing their livelihoods and having negative ripple effects on our dealers, suppliers, and the communities that rely on us. It's time to finish this process, get our team members back to work, and get on with the business of making GM the company that will win and provide great jobs in the U.S. for our people for decades to come. Earlier this week, another 7,000 UAW workers joined the stoppage at a plant in Sterling Heights. Dustin, what's the story of that operation? Well, yet again, that's another plant that's been targeted because it's a big money maker for for the car company. In this case, it's Stellantis. The Sterling Heights assembly plant makes the Ram 1500 pickup. If you know anything about Detroit, you know that trucks are where they make their most money. So again, in contrast to what we saw earlier in the strike where, you know, they they targeted components facilities and aftermarket parts plants. um, Now they're really going after the big plants, the big profit makers for these companies. And that includes Sterling, Sterling Heights assembly. 
Boy. Steve, you were in Sterling Heights yesterday at the line. Who did you talk to? Uh, I talked to a variety of workers. Um, some people have been UAW members for a couple decades. Uh, some other folks who are relatively new uh, on the line. And I found the reactions were very similar to what I've been hearing from other workers hitting the picket line over the past five weeks. Excited, concerned, but they're resolved to get the contract they say they deserve. Dustin, what's your sense of how this particular target, this plant in Sterling Heights, how much it affects Stellantis? Well, it is, if you believe the UAW, it's the biggest moneymaker for Stellantis. So it is a very serious plan. I mean, early on in this strike, um, the UAW targeted uh, the Toledo Jeep plant, which is not nothing for for Stellantis, right? Um, But this is a significant escalation. So we see this across all three of the companies. The UAW is now targeting more and more important plants. So they're severely ratcheting up the pressure. Steve, Sean Fain was also at on the strike line yesterday in Sterling Heights. Can you share a little bit about what he had to say? Well, along with being there to rally the, the rank and file and, and lead them as they, they marched around the plant, he, he talked about why they decided now was the right time to strike the Sterling Heights assembly plant. Well, we just spent the weekend uh, evaluating where we are with all three of the big three in bargaining and, uh, um, you know, looking at... Uh, you know, Stellantis in particular, they're the most profitable company of the big three, $12 billion in the first six months in profit. And looking at the numbers, they were the furthest behind uh, with, what was on the t- that, with what was on the table. So, you know, we felt it was imperative to uh, amp things up and step up the pressure. So uh, this was the uh, strategically the next move we're going to make. Now, Fain also said that including battery plants is the next, uh, in the next contract is right now dead in the water but he did not elaborate what he meant by that. Now, it's important because including those battery plants is key, is a key part of the negotiations with the Detroit Three because they're all moving towards electric vehicles. Right. I, I remember when this issue first came up, it seemed for a hot minute there that the battery plants were going to be kept in the negotiation, but it kind of sounds like Sean Fain was suggesting that people shouldn't be holding their breath about that, right? Well, at this point, remember, GM has already said they're open to including these plants, though there, you know, there is some wiggle room there. But so far, no action uh, similar by Ford or Stellantis on that. I, I get the sense that the folks you met yesterday were probably just in the first phase of their own piece of the strike. But did anybody say they were concerned about how long this is going on? As you said, these are folks who are for the most part, this is their first day on the strike line. But there have been others who've been out for closing in on 40 days, and that's beginning to take a toll uh, on them financially. There may, may be some grumbling, but overall, the folks I talked to at, at UAW remain committed to uh, getting the contract they want. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back with more in just a minute. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. 
More at kzoo.edu. Dustin Dwyer, if we can get back to you, um, Sean Fain said this week that while the automakers have offered wage increases, he believes that that the Detroit Three still have more money to offer workers. Would it, can you say a little bit more about what he might have meant? Yeah, well, when he said that, he was it was a bit of a response to Bill Ford, the chairman of Ford, who had made a speech last week saying, you know, that we've made our last best and final offer um, and that there was really no more money to be made at Ford um, and the UAW was continuing to pressure them and that they could be forced to close plants if they had to give any more. Uh, and Fain said he just didn't buy that argument. And one example he cited was that on the same day that Bill Ford made that speech, Ford announced a quarterly dividend for for shareholders. Um, and so, you know, Fain points that out and says that's basically just paying cash to your shareholders. It's paying cash to Wall Street. And he's saying if Ford can afford to pay money to Wall Street, then it can afford to pay its workers. And he said that um, he understands that some workers are, you know, maybe getting tired of this, that it's been going on a long time. But he said the UAW leaders are, are not going to stop until they've gotten every single dollar that they think they can out of these contracts. Dustin, do we know anything about the automakers' recent offers at the bargaining table? Well, we know a lot, a lot more than we have in previous contract talks. You know, um, the UAW does this every four years, and usually you don't hear anything until there's a tentative agreement between the sides. This year, we've gotten um, just a constant back and forth. The company will announce their latest offer. The UAW will give details. And where things stood as of last Friday, according to Sean Fain, was that all all three companies had offered uh, wage increases of 23% um, to all workers. Um, they'd made changes in terms of uh, wage progression scale. So how long it takes someone to get from the bottom tier wage to the top tier wage. They've eliminated some tiers. They've made progress on cost of living adjustments, those sorts of things. But um, Fain said they're still not seeing enough progress on some of those items. Cost of living is one that he pointed out. 401k contributions is another. Um, So he thinks that there's still a lot more progress that these companies need to make. But the details that are out there right now, um, each company has pretty much laid out its offer in public. Well, just as the automakers have been, you know, putting some daylight on the process, also uh, Sean Fain has been taking it to the workers with Facebook live streams every week. And I, I, in fact, some would say that it was that practice that kind of forced the the Detroit Three's hand in terms of how public they were willing to be about negotiations. He's really, Sean Fain has really been pouring it on in those comments to the members. I remember Steve Carmody that Fain did one Facebook live stream wearing a shirt that said, eat the rich. When he was talking in Sterling Heights yesterday, did you get any sense that he's moderating his tone at all? Quite simply, no. Well, I'm pissed off like every worker in this country is right now, union or not. We're all pissed off because we've been getting screwed for the last 20 plus years. It's time to get our share. So yeah, I'm mad, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful where we're headed right now. We're going to get there, and we're going to get the best agreement we've had in our history. Our members deserve that, and we're going to keep building from that. Speaking in front of all of the, the folks who just walked out at Sterling Heights Assembly, Fame made it very clear that they're holding the line, and they're going to continue to push the Detroit Three to get what they say they deserve in a new contract. And that's our podcast for today. 
There's more about the strike at michiganradio.org. Today's pod episode was produced by our show's executive producer, Laura Weber Davis. Our podcast editor is Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. We get additional help from Olivia Moradian. I'm April Bear. Thank you so much for listening. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.